Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner, the problem. One of the best nicknames in sports right now. But at the moment, is just a big-talking, fast southpaw South pro prospect. And tonight we find out if maybe he's something more than just that. In fact, when we asked about being on this big stage in this co-feature on Boxing After Dark and how he sort of is going to temper his emotions, he said, well, same way that you guys need to temper your emotions in meeting me. <laughs> Welcome back to the Sunday Puncher Podcast. I'm here with me, and I promise you he's going to talk a little more than last time he was here. Uh, Jason's back. Jason, we had some feedback. Um, I guess some people were a little disappointed the last time you were on that you didn't really talk too much. Good. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. They were upset that you didn't talk. They wanted to hear you. I guess they think oh. you have good oh, points okay. of view. Like you actually do research and prepare for this. I don't, I don't have much to say about uh, – I just didn't have much to say about that topic. And, there, and honestly, MMA doesn't interest me at all. Did you learn so, anything, though? Did you think it was yeah, interesting? I learned, a, I learned a ton, but I it didn't, like, spark, a, like, some interest in MMA within me, though. No, it wasn't supposed you know, to, but at least yeah. – did, did you, like – was it interesting for you to learn the business aspect of how it works over there and how dilute, deluded their fans are and, you know, supporting basically – all the bosses who make all the money and not the guys who put their necks on the line. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, yeah, my biggest takeaway was basically, you know, the differences in the payment structures and how heavily controlled and regulated uh, MMA is from, from that standpoint versus, you know, our wild west and boxing. Yeah. I mean, MMA works the way you do it. It does at your company where, you know, you make a ton of money and all the people who actually do the work get nothing. Right. Most companies. Yeah, exactly. Um, Boxing is really not much of an exception, but there is. But it, it's so weird. That's the other thing. There's so many boxers who like don't get paid a lot. Like if you look at everybody who boxes, right? Not just you know the top of the sport. Um, there are so many people who who do not get paid well and still put their life, their you know their health on the line. Um, but at the same time, there is a chance to be compensated insanely in boxing, right? Where just that net is not as wide in MMA, it's, it seems. And in boxing, you get to choose who you fight. And that's part of what makes boxing so endearable is that, like, the two best fighters may not fight each other for four years. And it, Seven. It, yeah. You know, it just makes it... Uh, Canelo was only 16 back then. No. Um, it, you know, <laughs> and GGG was in Europe. Germany, uh, no, but it, it just it Who? Makes he does all... not deserve to have his name even brought up with Canelo. <laughs> all right, what are we moving on to? I'm not talking about this anymore. Garcia Broner, why don't you lead it off? Okay, I'll be like Mikey and lead the entire night. Uh, wow, Mr. Pauly yeah. here. Um, here's my thing. I didn't. I didn't really look at your scorecard. Um, I, I was in scoring comfortably would you, Oh, you weren't. Okay. I comfortably, uh, gave Broner one to two rounds. So it was just really like a complete and utter shutout. Um, and even the rounds where Broner did win, 
they were they were close rounds nonetheless. Would I? So the thing that that makes me so frustrated though, right, is You're when Broner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, when Broner has his like quick flashes of brilliance, he's so freaking good looking. Like. He He's just so quick and sharp and precise and accurate. Like he ha- he is that like whole package, that athleticism that just like people die for. He has it, and he doesn't always show it though. But but when he does, and in this far- fight, it was very few and far between. In in his typical fights, he definitely shows that a lot more. So if you haven't seen a lot of him, and this is kind of what you're judging off of, you're going to think I'm crazy, because he really didn't show it that much. Uh, but but when he does have that, it's like, damn, like this kid is so, so good. Like, if he could just, like, capture that and at least fight half of each round that way. But he just couldn't. Mikey took everything away from him. Mikey made him gun-shy, and he already has a low punch output. You know, Mikey was able to back him up. Mikey was able to... Uh, get off first and just make him hesitant. Like Mikey just fought like this insanely technical, just like perfect, like robot boxer, Mikey type performance. So there's uh, a style that we've talked about on the, on the podcast many times before. And it's one I'm big on. And there's only few, a few boxers who actually have this style and that's the neutralizer. And you don't get it just for boxing. You know, or being a counterpuncher, you do not get it just you right. Know, the pure boxer being... or just the counterpuncher. They, they don't have that style. This it, is when you different. graduate into, right? And it's, it's when you enter another level. So Floyd Mayweather's a neutralizer. Andre Ward neutralizer, and Terence Crawford is that way now too. And I think it's safe to say that Mikey's graduated into that where he just he just shuts you down, and yep. he's going to take away everything that you want to do, and leave you fighting the fight he wants you to fight. And yeah, he, he makes it impossible for you to succeed. Like, it, it, it's just, it, it's so difficult, but simple, right? It, it Difficult to execute, but simple in concept. As in, like you said, you just shut you down. Like, <laughs> that, that's it. And when, when he does that, you know, there's, there, it's impossible for, for him to lose. You cannot beat him if you're fighting the way he wants you to fight. And so this, a, a lot of... I think a lot of people, um, which is, you know, like a, a straw man argument, I think, but uh, I think there was a loud voice, a loud contingency of fans who were saying that Mikey's success and the fight was partly due to Broner's lack of success for, I don't know, have a better way to say it, but basically that Broner was the one who had Mikey be so successful. And that is just not no, the case at no, all. No, 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 no. Because I thought Broner looked pretty good. I thought the Broner that showed up would have probably beaten a lot of guys. He would have whooped up on most 140-pounders. He he really would have. He he was good. He was in shape. He didn't look weight drained. He, he didn't was look fast. fatigued. He was he didn't look sharp yeah, at his he, counters when he landed them. But it, exactly like that's what I'm saying. Like he has these flashes, man, where he just looks so damn good, but he just couldn't hold it together. And if you think that's some fault of Broner's, you're nuts because he's done it in other fights. Like this was Mikey shutting him down. And and that begs the question now of. So I think there's, you know, a few fighters currently active that are pretty unbeatable. At least it's going to take like, you know, remember um, we had this conversation a long time ago where basically certain fighters are so good and they reach a level where the only way you can conceivably come up with a way that they would lose 
is to find opponents that are in other weight classes. That's how you know you're one of the best yeah. fighters in the sport. Just to put him against Andre Ward, right? Right. Or Andre <laughs> yeah. Ward has to fight Deontay Wilder or something. <laughs> right. right. Is Mikey there? Uh, so that is a really good question. I think, um, yeah, I, I think he's he's damn close. I think the tough part is you look at Broner's career and you know a little bit about his background and his history and you say he lost all of his biggest fights, right? So <laughs> it's true. It's 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 tough to say that, uh, you know, it, it's t- are we going to say Mikey is like this unbeatable machine that has to be, you know what I mean? That can't be stopped by anybody in his weight class. I, I don't know because Crawford beats that boy. That's it. Yeah, and I was waiting for you to go there. I think the <laughs> the one thing, and I, I think if we take if Crawford, Crawford wasn't out in the of picture, the equation, yeah, yeah, you want to take you want to take my man butt out. All right, now we can have this conversation. But Crawford, there's no getting past him. I don't think. I think it would be a brilliant fight. Like. That, that's a fight. You're crazy if you don't want that fight. Like you got to drool over that fight. It'd be amazing. Who knows what that, how that fight plays out? Like there's so many different kind of roads that could go down um, because of the the two their fighting style. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I got I got Crawford all day. I, I at this point, I think Crawford's been there longer than Mikey, and therefore. Crawford, I don't think um, loses to Mikey. I just, I just think Crawford has something in him that's fight. different. Absolutely, it's it's the best fight you can make in boxing. I think. Yeah. Yep. Max Kellerman would argue that it's Crawford versus Spence, but it's Crawford versus eh, Mikey. No, it's Crawford versus Mikey because of the weights. You know, like Crawford and Mikey are, uh, you know, more comparable in weight than Crawford and Spence. Spence, well, is, Spence is a monster, dude. Yeah, Spence I, is huge. I think that Spence or. Crawford's a bit bigger than Mikey too, but we haven't seen Crawford fight at 147. We've seen Mikey fight at 140 pretty effectively, and we right. know that Mikey looks—you know—he looks a lot different at 140 than he does at 135. That's for sure. He got that little pudge going, <laughs> or maybe he just didn't even take Broner that serious. That would be scary if he was like, "Ah, I know what to do. I just—I just have Dude. to do regular boxing stuff." You know, I, I think we got to move off this topic because there's like a ton of other things to talk about. But um, Regis Progray is a name that we both know. And if, you, if you've heard his name before, you know that he's one of the top prospects on the sport right now and has looked very good. He just fought another, um, I, I don't want to say top prospect because he wasn't, but, you know, a prospect who was undefeated at the time and everything. And Progray just destroyed him. Um, how do you feel about Progray versus either Mikey or Broner? I would obviously say Broner would be the better next step for him from a career development standpoint. Do you think he beats um, him? I don't know that that he beats him, but I think it's a great uh, I think it's a great fight, and I think it could easily be one of these fights where um, you know the boxing populace gets behind it and says he's too early. He might be too early, right? And that that would just make it all the more you know exciting. And uh, obviously, Broner would have a lot to prove coming off of this loss, so it would really be a great you know matchup for for both of them at this point. What do you think? I think it's a great fight. I think if I'm pro gray, I'm trying to position myself for that fight. I mean, and if you're not, you're not going after Mikey though. I mean, that's, that's, that's too much to chew off. I think, um, 
if you're a promoter as well, this is the perfect time to get him that fight because, you know, Progre could lose that fight. I don't know. Maybe he's not that great. But if he is, he beats him. It's like you get all the credit of beating a Broner and the name that comes with it without having to get too much criticism if he were to do it, say, two years from now. So I think it's a perfect time. Uh, so yeah. let's move on to Jamal Charlo in what was a very strange fight. So um, <laughs> Jorge Heiling comes in with his knee wrapped, doesn't ask or doesn't ask for them for permission to have his knee wrapped. So they tell him, take it off. And what proceeds to happen is that his knee is uh, completely messed up. Dude is walking around the ring like there's an earthquake going on. <laughs> Dude did his best Sergio Martinez impression. I mean, Jesus, Sergio looks smoother in the ring than, than this guy. This guy looked like he looked like he was fighting on lava. He kept jumping up. I told my wife, I was telling her, she was in the other room where I was watching the fight. And I was like, I'm like, this guy is walking like he's on stilts right now. Like he's fighting without bending his knees. It was the most insane. It was just so insane. And I get it. These guys are hungry for a paycheck. Like, his knee was obviously busted bad before this fight, before he even stepped in the ring. And it was only, it only took a couple punches to really make it horrible. But uh, that's one of those times where you just got to ask yourself, like, did you make the right decision not calling the fight off? Like, who knows when that injury occurred? I, I don't know. But right. uh, it, it did not happen in the ring that night. It, it is- only got worse that night. It's not like he was fighting. Yeah, obviously the injury was already there when they tried to come in with it wrapped. And apparently he could barely walk through the ring ropes. But I mean, the thing is, I understand if you're you're messed up and everything. But like, this is the wrong opponent to try to come in injured. Like, okay, so who are the, the five most dangerous fighters in the sport right now? It's like Golovkin, AJ, Spence, and Charlo. Crawford, probably. I mean, like the big punchers. And it's Charlo's in that conversation because one, the dude has probably the best jab in boxing. And two, he's got power (laughs) in both hands. And you're going to come in with no knees and try to fight him? (laughs) Not even one bad knee. Two bad knees. I mean, dude... it, it, it was horrible to watch. I, I mean, but that was, that's what made it so funny is I, I could not believe my eyes what I was watching. I'm like, this is nuts. I cannot believe, yeah. one, this guy's fighting, and two, that the referees not, like went looked at him and was like, oh, you're okay. The doctors, the, oh, you're all right. The doctors are checking out his eyes. <laughs> the doctors maybe are he looking couldn't see at the floor. eyes. I'm like, I'm like, how about, maybe, like, touch his knee. If you touched his knee, I bet he'd fall over in pain. Like, it was it was just such a such an odd thing when they when they kept letting the fight go on when he was just so clearly injured and the fact that his 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 team didn't do anything to stop the fight like listen dude you want a paycheck you only need to make it one round like you don't need to you, you made it in the ring man you're getting paid like I'm, the only because that's the only thing that I could think yeah is I, is that he came for a paycheck at that point he was so injured so injured yeah and that's obviously what it was they wouldn't get a paycheck i mean did they really think they could win i don't know like if 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 they really thought they could win that fight he needs to fire his team because there's (laughs) no way you're gonna come in and win that fight the plan should have been like it should have been a kell brook plan we're like yeah we know we're not winning so we'll, we'll give a good a couple of good rounds and then we'll just call it quits don't worry we'll we'll, we'll get you out of there yeah well, you his, won't take much team. damage we won't let him <laughs> no. break your face his team left him hanging big time and now highland may never walk again that's oh, a joke guys that's a joke all right so charlo jacob seems like the next uh, logical step and if 
if you don't realize this, that's a brilliant step because I'm very, I'm very confident that's probably going to be a fight of the year candidate. Um, but yeah, Charlo do you Jacobs do that next? Has, uh, yeah, Charlo Jacobs has like fireworks written all over it. I mean, come on, them. Who do you pick in that fight? I, I would say Charlo. I would go with Charlo. Charlo has the like the the mis the the unknown component because he's never been exactly beaten. he's never been beaten. But Jacobs, on the other hand, he's been written off before. People thought he'd get smoked in the Golovkin fight. I kept trying to tell everybody, no, Jacobs is a lot better than you're giving him credit for. He nearly beats Golovkin, takes Golovkin's punches, throws his own, and now people are thinking that Jacobs will get blown out by Charlo. It's the same thing over again. I think. It, I, I don't I would, think he'll get blown out. I think it's a good. I think it's a great fight. But I think Charlo. I give Charlo the edge. I do. I think it's a fifty-fifty fight. You don't know. Yeah. If yeah, Charlo wins, it'll be off of the jab. That'll be the thing that separates them because I think they're very similar in a lot of other ways. But Charlo's jab is next level. He, he'll out jab right. Golovkin. <laughs> Probably drop him from a jab after Canelo's done with him. All right, I'm kidding. You, but the I'm real kidding. fight. Did you um? Did you catch Billy Dib? Are you kidding me? I was live at the Billy Div fight. No. How'd my man do? I, I, Billy Dib has not been on my radar since like 2012, back when he was in Fight Night Round 3. I saw, <laughs> I saw him once. in a, I saw him fight in Connecticut once. Uh, I mean, the, the truth outside, is... Outside of a bar. <laughs> 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 Oh, I mean, if you do want to know how the fight went, it went three rounds and it ended in a no contest. Oh, okay. So that could have been anything. <laughs> Seems par, yeah. He's had, a, he's had a couple odd losses or, you know, odd fights there. It's not an odd loss if you're not good. <laughs> oh, Those are well-deserved. <laughs> damn. Um, what did you think of uh, Big Baby? I didn't watch Big Baby. Oh, what God. Well, he was massive for one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that I mean, we'll start there. He was massive. Uh, two, he does not move like a guy who's uh, uh, nearing three hundred pounds. You mean he was massive? When you say he was math- massive, you mean he was cut, cut or cooked? Yeah, he ate cut. a lot of cooked food. That's for sure. <laughs> no, the dude is massive, but he looks like the kind of guy that's like, what are you gonna do? He can't help it. He's he's like no. that's just that's just him. He's massive, but he's gonna move like Andy Ruiz. <laughs> he got a little bit of quickness. Hey, he's quicker than Andy Ruiz. I'll give him that. And yeah. he's probably heavier. Yeah. <laughs> I heard Gerald Washington couldn't uh, couldn't couldn't stand up to that storm, huh? Uh, Washington looked like um, I, I I don't think he, Washington wasn't bad. No, no, he, I'll take that back. He was pretty bad. Um, there you go. He he was. It, it just looked like Washington thinks that he's the most elusive fighter on on the planet. So he fights like it, but it's like, dude, you're getting hit. And you're, his chin, like, you know, Wilder knocked him out. But yeah. Washington has a really good oh, chin. Yeah, Wilder. Wilder hits pretty damn hard, too. And, and he only, like, it took him a while to get him down. Um, Washington got stopped, um, but it looked like it was only a stoppage because he got hit so much. Not because... He didn't uh, go down. Yeah, Big Baby wasn't like this murderous puncher, and that's a problem for him. Um, I don't know what... I, he's got a lot of stoppages, for sure, but 
he does need to develop like a power shot or something to shorten fights because he did look like he was losing some steam as it was going on naturally for a 300 pounder <laughs> i mean come on man he he, he he's not going to be hanging around the, the 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 top scene of the heavyweights I, I I think he's I think he's really solid. Like he does a lot of really nice things. Like his head movement say, is really you, good. Just say it. you think he beats AJ. Just say it. <laughs> I don't think he beats him. AJ, but I know he beats Dillian White, who the British people and you're gonna hate oh, this. God. The British people, the British fans were saying that uh, Dillian White beats him. That he's like not even better than Derek Chisora. Oh, give me a break! There's they have such a skewed vision of what you know their their talent is because when here's and here's where really the problem is when you are constantly watching you know low level people fight in oh, competitive fights it <laughs> makes you think it makes you think that oh they're good like look at all the problems they're giving each other right yeah but no they're just not good and they're then both you see not luke, good then you see luke campbell against a, a domestic french fighter and it's like oh <laughs> luke campbell's not good <laughs> Yeah. Whoops. That sucked. That was one of the more painful ones. Because <laughs> you saw Luke Campbell's um, calendar pictures Spread that in he did? GQ magazine. <laughs> yeah. uh, it wasn't GQ. No, it was... Oh, no, 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 no. no. I no, tried. Don't do it. Don't right. do it. Um, right. So, Zhu Ming lost his title this week. That uh, could have been a good one, man. Could have been a good one? What? Yeah, Z- it could have been a good joke had I gotten it, had I hit it. Yeah, you didn't hit it. <laughs> Nope. Just like the way Shiming didn't hit anything in this fight because he got stopped. Losing his WBO flyweight title and now the flyweight division has lost a cash cow, has lost most of the interest that the world had been paying it. Um, we might get some more interest in the division if Kazuto Ioka can, I don't know, unify a title or fight Donnie Nietes or something. I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, that's that's life at flyweight. Let's move on because I know you have nothing to say on that topic. <laughs> I, I bet you could not, other than uh, Ioka and Nietes, who I just mentioned, I bet you couldn't name another fighter in the top 10 at flyweight. I'll be completely honest. I have a hard time repeating those two back to you now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a no. You cannot uh, name a to, flyweight. Takeshi's Castle? No. Uh, real podcast listeners, the people who've been listening to this, the, the OGs will get that joke. Okay. Let's move on to. Um, I don't even think you. I don't even think you got it. <laughs> I yeah. You. It's a TV show that you and but, Simon watch. Yeah, that I don't think it's probably any reference. good. Yeah. You guys are into, you know, stuff without much quality. Me, on the other hand, I only like pure quality. I don't waste my time that, with 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 things like that. You know. I, that's like, why he hangs around with me. <laughs> I, I don't hang around with you. You're you're always working and doing things like family stuff. You know. My son said the other day, he's like, he's like, Dad, I'm going to be really upset if I don't meet Angelo this year. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, did, all right. I'm like, buy you, his ass a plane ticket to get him out of here. What, are you, what do you want me to tell you? Did you tell him he needs to start seeing a therapist? <laughs> all right, go on. Uh, let's go. Mm, we just got your hot take on zoo shimming. What's next? <laughs> The, the one the one take on Zushi Ming this week. Um, let's see. You've thrown me off my, my thing now. This is great You're podcast going to Abel listening Sanchez. right now. <laughs> yeah, Abel Sanchez. Abel Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it's time we stop putting a, a, a microphone in Abel Sanchez's face. <laughs> he's, he's gone delusional. 
and he's now basically there's always a trainer who's gonna do stuff like this you know it was freddie roach for a while robert garcia and now it's uh abel sanchez who and i'm just gonna gonna basically paraphrase here but he said after the charlo highland fight after he ran it for what felt like 30 minutes but it was probably an hour or something who is who is charlo charlo's nobody he hasn't earned the right to be mentioned with golovkin's name um, I think when Golovkin struggled with Danny Jacobs, that's called, yeah, you deserve to be mentioned with the top middleweight <laughs> names. <laughs> so let's start there. Okay. Two, uh, yeah. um, since when is Golovkin like a name? He ain't that so, big of a name. That's the thing. I mean, it would be one thing if he was like the next, like Oscar De La Hoya or Manny Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather, like some household name. Right. But we could all be honest with each other. He's, He's 35. Not. He's hardly known in boxing circles. He can't sell a pay-per-view to save his life. <laughs> oh, t- Tom Lawfer from K2, thank you for doing the uh, the AMA. I know. Watch um, what you say. Watch what yeah. you say. No, but let, let's be real. Uh, he, he, When I say he can't sell a pay-per-view to, to save his life, when you and I both know that he actually has you know a respectable pay-per-view number when you put it into the perspective. Of <laughs> when you compare it to Andre Ward and Sergey Kovalev, but well, who's, who's, but, pay, who's splitting hairs? No, no, let's be real. <laughs> let's be real. That, that pay-per-view made everybody money. Right. No, it, no, nobody went bankrupt on it. You know what I mean? Which in the in the boxing promoting business, that's what people care about. And it did a so, hundred thousand more buys than Crawford Postal. <laughs> so, boy, um, no, I'm not going to say that. Uh, so, anyways, I throw him off. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, Jake's got start. all these inappropriate jokes now forming in his head that he. That he I, we started off the podcast so, so. on the wrong foot. By, we really did. We, um, the, the tone was not set. This is where Simon comes in handy. Um, yes. So here's the thing, though. I do agree with you. I but I I, I kind of disagree with you because you have a fighter like Lovekin who's known for his little quips in the ring afterwards, this broken English, blah blah blah. Bottom line is Lovekin cannot you know appropriately like advocate for himself as a fighter in English. He just can't. Uh, he he does some great stuff one. that made him. That made him super popular, but beyond that, he he can't. So that's where your promoter or your trainer like step in and and, and do this. So do I think it's like a ridiculous statement? Yes. Do I understand why he's saying it? Absolutely. So that I think you're yeah, right. I, I want right. to disagree, but I think you're right because <laughs> the what sells fights is the fire is conflict. Right. Conflict. Yeah, exactly. I mean, conflict sells everything. I mean, you look at everything from a boxing match to I mean, freaking Better Call Saul, who will not win an Emmy. I mean, look at Luke Campbell. What did he have to do to try to sell fights? Ooh. Sex and conflict sell. Jesus Christ. I'm not editing that out, just so you know. That's fine. <laughs> I have enough to edit already. Um, <laughs> uh but I mean, no, but okay, con- okay, conflict look. sells fights. It yeah, does. The, and that's... if he gets Glovkin's name out there, we're talking about it on the podcast. Like, the, you know what I mean? It, it, he made his point, and it's working. I, I just, uh, I just think that at at some point, it's going to start backfiring. We've already seen the the Golovkin backlash already start, and it's not like the Kovalev backlash at this point. But he's seen some backlash. Some of his original fans 
um, are starting to turn on him either from annoyance of the the fans that he's developed and picked up along the way or because of stuff like this that Abel Sanchez is saying. So I think with Golovkin, it's a special entity where um, he had this like really unique thing where almost the entire, like really when Golovkin, his first four or five fights on HBO, everyone oh my was God, unified was universally loved, universally loved throughout, you know, the boxing landscape, which never happens. I mean, he didn't start really taking on detractors till he became a little bit, you know, more popular. But man, after he demolished Prasca on HBO, like, come on, who wasn't in love with him at that point? All 30,000 of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, it's a little more. You're, you're thinking of Crawford. Crawford's big <laughs> numbers. Uh, let's move on. So we had a lot of retirements this week. Um, yeah, a lot of people... they drop it like flies out there. So interesting point that I did want to point out is that we had two pairs of opponents retire, um, and then we had Tim Bradley. Who do you want to talk about first? Uh, that bad boy, Timmy B. Okay, what can we say about Tim Bradley? He got three what I, Pacquiao paydays. One Marcus payday made one of the most dramatic shifts in um, public opinion that I've ever, probably ever, ever seen in boxing ever history. Witnessed. Ever, yeah. And now he retires. I mean, it is so, in my opinion, it is so sad to see him go. But at Dude, the same time... Dude, he retired, not died. <laughs> You don't know. The podcast hasn't been released yet. It could Jesus still happen. Jesus no. Christ. <laughs> the, the hit could still go through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um. no, but I'm dead serious. He was one of my favorite fighters. He, I, I happened to catch, I happened to um, watch, started watching him very, you know, right as I was really getting into boxing a lot. I watched the first Pacquiao fight live. And, um, Maybe you it was cried. a little bit after, actually. But um, Pacquiao and Mayweather and help brought me into the sport, like a lot of people, right? Very similar. And um, I didn't, like, watch the sport growing up. I got brought into it, you know, in, in, in adulthood. Uh, and it took, you know, the popular fighters to bring me in. And then, you know, he had beat, you know, Manny Pacquiao. And I, you know, didn't like it. And I was pissed off. And, you know, all that typical, like, fan kind of stuff. And then he went and fought Pervodnikov on boxing after dark in front of 150 people in the stub hub center right it was a little like, more than that but yeah sure maybe you know it was a small attendance um and it was like by the second round any animosity you had towards this fighter for robbing your favorite fighter it had melted away completely like it was gone, and then you just like had to level set and be like, "Oh my God, what am I witnessing here?" Like he gave one of the most amazing performances in the sport of boxing, and I, you know, I have a personal connection to it because it did happen really early on when I became a fan. So it is still my absolute favorite fight um, because of everything that was happening surrounding it. You know, like you said, public transformation, public perception transformation. He was getting death threats post Pacquiao one death yep. threats. Yep. Right. To becoming this beloved figure. And um, I can't remember the quote exactly, but somebody had uh, summarized it really well. One of my friends. Um, and he said, like, 
nothing removes animosity like getting punched in the face or you know what i mean like nothing will make nothing will make you love a fighter more than when they get punched in the face and like and that was that was it it was so true like you you ended up loving tim bradley because he was getting punched in the face like it it really kind of distilled it down to this very very simple you know concept and it was very true and that was john he was uh he's a uh He's an old amateur boxer and uh, a writer. He's a very intelligent guy. I remember we talked about, we made the comparison between um, Bradley and, and Garcia when Garcia went through his fight. I can't remember which fight it was now. Um, Mikey? Or who? who uh, Danny about? Garcia. Danny Garcia. Yes. Yeah, we tried to, with Matisse almost, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't or, work out right. quite that well. It didn't work out. No. Because yeah. uh, he won. Because <laughs> no. he won, exactly. Because he, he won well, outright. Bradley won, too. Bradley right. won too, but you know he he, he didn't almost a, deserve to get stopped. But that's a story right. or a conversation for a different day. Um, and there was a knockdown that got missed as well. So yeah, there were two different ways that he could have won. Yeah, and in fact, so Bradley should not have gotten that because I think he should have lost that fight. I, I yeah. love the fight too, but I think Bradley should have lost that fight. He possibly should have lost it, but it's irrelevant now, and that doesn't matter. No, it's he, not irrelevant. That derailed Ruslan Provodnikov's career. <laughs> Chris Algieri derailed Ruslan Provodnikov's career. Let's move on. Mauricio like... Herrera derailed Ruslan Provodnikov's career. Oh, Hold on. Every his... boxer he's ever faced derailed Ruslan Provodnikov's career. Uh, I, I don't know about Mike Alvarado. <laughs> I said boxer. Not... <laughs> oh, God. You're, you're making this very difficult uh, to release. No, this but week. come on. You know, Alvarado was shot. Alvarado was shot. Dude, he's and, still um, fighting. Oh, that I know. I know. I saw something in a thread. I commented on it. It's it it just so sad. All right. Well, we have a lot of <laughs> retirements to go through, so let me just breeze through. Anyway, um, I won't. The yeah, next two. I won't go as long on those. That that was the one that I really. Wanted yeah, because to you don't know about. anything about Takashi Mira or Takashi Uchiyama. Oh, um, I thought we Tyson Fury. We'll save that yeah. for last. Okay. Speaking of drugs, um, Mira. <laughs> <laughs> it's all my fault. <laughs> Mira and Uchiyama were, were basically the premier Japanese 130-pounders uh, of the past decade, really. Um, and the, the thing is, they both had a terrific fight with each other. And I've, I've mentioned this in the podcast before, and if you didn't listen to me last time, you need to go... If you think Bradley Provodnikov is an amazing fight, you need to go check out Mira versus Uchiyama. Um, that's also just a terrific fight where you see the, the the big name, the champion, have to go through hell in order to win. Damn, Uchiyama was was a terror in his prime. I mean, he was just so good. There, the, you know, the the story the story back then was could Mikey Garcia beat Uchiyama? Right. The best fight to make at that division was Mikey versus that's Uchiyama, right. and it never happened. And you know, Uchiyama unfortunately had to basically go out against um, Jezreel Corrales. Um, which I called, but anyway, um, Mura was the kind of guy who, and you saw this in the, in the, um, who did he just fight? <laughs> uh, Burchelt fight, uh, good power, all the determination in the world. And it was usually, it was enough to cover up for his lack of skill because, you know, he's not the most skilled boxer, but both of these guys in the past year and a half lost the athletic edge that they used to have. And they could not readjust. I mean, we've seen some fighters able to readjust and then basically have a second career. You know, Hopkins, right. um, Eric Morales even. I think that's the second mention in this podcast. It's amazing. Wow. And um, look, we made it back to Takeshi's castle. <laughs> so, 
So Eric, no, I mean like of this episode, I, we, didn't we mention him earlier? Uh, I don't know if it was before we were recording. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. I don't even know how we came to it. But anyway, so yeah. they they weren't able to do that. And you know what happens when you can't adjust? You basically get retired. So moving <laughs> on to um, Tyson Fury, who had retired um, earlier. Now, Fury had issues in his personal life, um, issues with the British Commission, uh, you know, he had his weight problems, which he's con- consistently ballooning up to above 300 pounds, as you do when you're six foot nine. Um, and then there's the failed drug tests. I mean, at this point, I'm sure with that Klitschko fight, he had earned enough money to basically yeah, make the decision to the say, sunset. hey, yeah. I-, I don't need to fight anymore. And, you know, just judging by the way Fury fought, he, he, wasn't, he didn't fight like a guy who loved fighting. He fought like a guy that didn't like to get hit, that didn't really want... Um, you know, there's some guys that are just like Mira, for example, loves yeah. fighting. <laughs> right. That is not Tyson and, Fury. And it's representative of the style he fought in. And that's not Fury at all. And um, so I'd love to have seen Fury versus Joshua. But I'm sure it's, I think going forward with Fury's career, there would be so many questions. Every single fight of like, well, is Fury taking this seriously? Is he in shape? Is he off the drugs? Is he like, you know... And it would taint every single win or loss. It, it, it certainly could, because especially if they're losses. Wins, not so much. But losses, you never know if you got the same fury that beat Klitschko. Do you know what I mean? Like, you'd, you'd never really be able to tell. Um, and that's and, a robbery, really. What'd you say? That's a robbery. It yeah. robs the person who would possibly beat him and, and should get the credit for beating him of the full credit i guess you know it's like Broner. it's kind of like if a fighter were to go into the ring with two broken knees <laughs> i thought that was a safe time to take a drink of coffee but i guess not <laughs> <laughs> uh and what could we say about klitschko i mean dude had one of the most dominant runs in boxing history i think everyone associates the, the decline of heavyweight boxing to him which yeah. you know it's not the best sentiment but the fact that it is a sentiment <laughs> Hey, it's pretty impressive. Impact. Yeah, it made a real big impact. I mean, the, like, the guy was so good, people stopped paying attention because he was too good. That's what it means. <laughs> and I, I think that Joshua fight, like, it proved to him, you know what, you don't have that extra gear. In your prime, you probably would have smoked him, but or at least you would have finished him after you dropped him, but right. not anymore. And I think, I think that fight was enough to prove to him. It, but I guess here's what I want to say. You know how sometimes fighters just want to get that last win? before they go out yeah i think that that was a a a moral victory that fight Mm. like he gave us my favorite heavyweight fight in ever in a very long time for recent history right like you stop caressing your microphone okay sorry um you know even though it was you know technically will always go down as a loss that he's he could regard that fight as a moral victory. It was just an absolutely amazing fight. Fan-pleasing, took on the biggest challenge at the end of his career, which is just nuts, like never shied away from anything, you know, in today's, you know, landscape that's just so unheard of. So, you know, kudos for making the right decision. Yeah, I think um, this was definitely the right decision. I agree with you on that. And um... Getting back in with Joshua, he wasn't going to win. I, I just I don't see him being able to pull out the victory. I, there, I just don't. There was really no good route for him at, at this point. Like if he didn't rematch Joshua, what does he do? Does he fight um, Wilder? Big baby, big baby coming up. Big baby. 
Uh, does he fight Wilder though? Like that's a dangerous fight. And I, yeah. I, you know, there's really something to fighters who want to go out on a win, right? But I think that 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 is a flawed, um, it's a flawed approach because if you if you win that fight, then you think you still have it. Well, that's the thing. It's a vicious cycle. If you if you win, you think you could keep going. If you lose, you want to just get one last win. And then when you do get the win, even if you do lose the first time, you get the win the second time. Now you think you got it again. Like you said, it's just it's a vicious vicious cycle. Yep. So I mean. Uh, I I know a lot of people, and even if you look at the thread, um, the 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 Klitschko retiring announcement thread, um, you see people like oh, screw Vlad in different words. He was boring and all that stuff. But there's something to say about the fact that um, this dude reigned the heavyweight division with an iron fist. I mean, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, yeah. So yeah, it it really. It, love him or hate him he changed the landscape of that division <laughs> for a decade yeah so i'm um, big I, I was a big fan of klitschko i respected what he did and i didn't find him as boring as some people did i mean the, the fury fight was really a, really tried my nerves but um otherwise there's a there's a handful of fights out there that that are pretty the the um not pulev uh the russian help me out povetkin the povetkin fight was a freaking disaster Really? He dropped him like eight times. He didn't drop him. He like pushed him. Well, it was so bad. No, that means that Povetkin's chin was really weak because he couldn't even stay up on a push. Well, right, because he was being laid on top of. <laughs> well, he should have stopped. Ben- he was bending at the waist. He, the entire he was bending fight. at the waist. I know. It was just all I'm getting at is that it was an ugly fight to watch. Way uglier than the Fury fight. Okay, does. Klitschko get a pass for all of his boring fights because of the Joshua fight. Yes. I think that's the best thing to take away. I mean, the, the pull-up fight was really interesting or really entertaining as well. Yeah. I mean, he has had entertaining fights, but I think he kind of has a non-traditional fighting approach due to you know his physical attributes, right? So he utilizes them to the best of his ability. Maybe it's a little bit boring in some cases, but you know what? He gave it his all against um, Joshua. Joshua and the biggest star in British boxing. So fantastic! Yeah. Well, all right. Let's move on to the fight announcements. We have Anthony Joshua. He will fight Kubrat Pulev. Two dudes who were just talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Is Pulev still relevant? Um, That depends on how you want to frame the question. Like, is he still relevant as a world-level boxer in uh, Bulgaria, I think, which is where he's from? Yeah, absolutely. He's number one. (laughs) (laughs) Let's actually see. I'm going to check him out and see if he is actually number one in Bulgaria. Damn it. Come on, dude. You You never know. There's like two heavyweights in Bulgaria. Milan Panov is right behind him with one point on box rack. (laughs) Tim Poulet's 258 points. Oh, he's 3-4. and four. I fancy my chances yeah. against him. I would. His nickname you, you is Power, definitely. too. Can you believe that? You, like, you're so good that your nickname is literally Power? <laughs> and he has a negative record. Um, I didn't and know he's five nine. ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know uh, Pulev ripped off uh, uh, Frotch. Oh, his nickname, the Cobra? Yeah. Yeah, I think Frotch is going to come back after Joshua beats him and fight for the nickname. There's only one There's only one Cobra in my heart, and he's got a beautiful fucking chin. <laughs> and nose now, too. 
Um, one one uh, big thing that we have uh, to to note about Pulov, his last opponents, um, Kevin Johnson, who Kevin Johnson has not landed a punch in a long time on a fighter with KJ. Uh, D, yeah, this old, old KJ. Yeah, um, that's bars. Bars, baby, bars. Yeah, if you you don't remember, and then he fought Sam I Peter do. also. So, uh, yeah, that that says all you need to know. Chisora. Yeah, come on. We're talking about world level fighters. He's beaten none since like ever. Not for nothing. He he got by Thompson in thirteen. Tony Thompson in twenty thirteen. Yeah, you know what? I remember that fight. It was that was a very uncharacteristic fight of Tony Thompson. Tony Thompson got thoroughly outboxed. (laughs) Yeah, which is not. Which is a. That's a. That that's actually a skill. Like I I literally deleted that from my memory though, because it was such a bad fight. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Wow, like I, I just had a flashback to that fight. Wow. Okay, um, um, Sergey Kovalev and Joshua should knock him out pretty easily. Oh yeah. But Pulev's gonna go down swinging. That's the one good thing about this fight. If you you know you don't really know too much about Pulev. Pulev's a dude who I don't know what got into him, but he was a supreme boxer for a while, and then when he gets in the ring with Klitschko, he's just swinging for the fences. And I think we're gonna see that guy come out again. Um, Pulev was like a really good amateur, by the way, if you don't know his history or anything like that, really good amateur. Um, and he came up in Germany. So it's not like he's like a domestic Bul- Bulgarian fighter that you can just, um, write off. You could write him off, but, uh, whatever. you could definitely write him off, but he'll go down swinging. <laughs> right. So let's see. <laughs> right. Um, Sergey Kovalev will be back on November 25th. Presumably this time he will get paid. On HBO? Uh, you know, um, I don't know because I didn't read the article. Okay. Um, I try not to read articles if the, the basically the news is in the headline. Because, especially from boxing scene. Because if you ever notice boxing scene, it's um, basically two paragraphs of them summarizing and reiterating what a quote is. And the quote, quote is just like is. one sentence. Oh and then they put the gosh. quote at the end and it's like, uh, you know, this isn't really journalism. Like, if you, like, there's a lot more it, that, if you... This is not what you see on ESPN. I know, I know. It's it's a very uh, it's a very odd approach that happens to be working for them. Hey, you know, I, I'm not saying that we should get take credit away from them because Boxing Scene is the best boxing website out there for all the news. They get the news, you know. They get the news. They get it fast. You know what? And that's part of how they get it fast is, uh, you know, they put out pieces they just like that. Don't. Right. Exactly. Mm. So to each it'll be interesting. It would be interesting to see who he's. Who he's fighting against and uh what oh what it was a dan rayfield tweet <laughs> oh is that what it is all right yeah hbo card okay well hbo <laughs> hbo probably saw how main events lowballed him and they're like hey we could even we could afford this <laughs> <laughs> he'll probably fight for 10 grand um and the, the rumors <laughs> he'll have fight been, for a hot meal Kovlev, you hungry boy <laughs> come here the uh the the rumor is that he's gonna end up fighting sullivan barrera it's a tough fight for Kovalev to, co- to to face Barrera in your comeback fight after oh, yeah. fighting Andre Ward and getting stopped. Not for nothing, this has all the makings of an end of a career. <laughs> like, I agree with it re- you. It and, really does. It really does. And publicly, you know, I always make this make it like I don't really care for Kovalev. I'm not a fan of his. Like, and I don't like him. But like, I also don't like hearing that. You know, I do have a ton of respect for Kovalev. I think he's a great fighter. I think he's underrated as much as 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 crazy as that is to that sounds. I think he's underrated in his skill. And, well, he um, had he had some under he had some amazing performances. 
right? Like, he just did. You can't take that away from him. And then getting whooped up on by Ward is, you know, <laughs> who, who hasn't? Right. Right? So. Uh, well, not only this, that. This could be the make or the break of it, dude, though. This could be it. Seriously. I, I, I think you're right. But, you know, not only that, okay? The other thing is that um, I think what we learned from the Ward and the Hopkins fight was that all of Kovalev's success was in, you know, those quick knockouts, beating up domestic fighters, blah, 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 who people thought weren't that good. The The reality there was that that wasn't just Kovalev's a big puncher. It's, it's no, that he's Kovalev a big puncher is, who knows how to set up his shots. Yeah, like he's actually trap. pretty brilliant. Right. His, his footwork and his ability to, to trap people and move them backwards, I mean... The, top of the game like top of the game yeah and and i think ward made that mistake with um with kovalev in the first fight by thinking he just like there wasn't much skill there and it was just he was just a puncher and you you could fight a you know you could fight punchers a particular way and you can easily beat them and we saw mayweather make a career out of this um but that wasn't you couldn't do that with with kovalev and it took ward reaching deep into his well of greatness to actually beat him because and he barely nicked it in the in the first fight. He barely got by the first fight, right? So um, let's move on. Jorge Linares will fight Luke Campbell on HBO. Um, tell me how really? excited you are for this fight. Yeah, HBO, huh? Yeah, interesting. Um, so here's the thing: I actually I, I've seen Linares fight a handful of times. I like him. He he could be really good. And I think Luke Campbell is you know was good. He got his. He had a loss there, um, but he he's also shown to be you know to be well. I would think Lenares has to be pretty heavily favored, uh, but at the same time, Lenares could be could be flawed as well. I don't know that Luke Campbell's going to be able to like exploit it, but I you know this is one of those fights where you could probably get it pretty on a pretty good budget and it'd be a decent fight, you know. So this is an interesting take that you have. So you think that Lenares is good but not that great and that possibly luke campbell could win this because he could catch lenara's not being great i don't think he's gonna be i like i said i don't think he's gonna be able to exploit any mistakes that lenara's makes i don't i'm just saying that lenara's isn't you know crawford you know what i mean like he he has his flaws here's what i'm saying if you're a british fan you have to wait until the line moves on this one because right now lenara's is like a minus 350 the line's inevitably going to move. The British fighters are going to bet heavily on Campbell. And when the line gets close, you bet on Linares and you make out like a bandit because that that's just the way these things go. Um, and right. I think for but sure... Um, you think for sure Linares wins? Oh, God. Unless yeah. Campbell catches him, and I doubt he does, but he has to catch what him. What has Campbell done recently to manage getting on HBO? I feel like I missed something. <laughs> like, he's, he's not- it used to be like hard to get on HBO. Like no, it's he's fighting for cheap. That's what it is. It's fighting for cheap. Yeah, because I mean Luke Campbell, I, I, he's gotten he, he, even getting this fight has been pretty weird. I think um, someone dropped and, ma- and it made him the mandatory for the WBA um, title, which is bizarre. He beat Darlie's Perez. <laughs> oh boy! Because Perez had an injured arm. <laughs> oh. I mean Campbell's last. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Last five opponents. Okay. Uh-huh. Over under twenty losses combined. Over. 
Yeah, it's like 26 yeah. or 28, my little quick math. So, damn. You know. That's what I'm saying. Like, he hasn't really done much recently. So, that I was kind of surprised to hear that he made it onto HBO, but I guess maybe. Maybe the bar isn't as high as it used to be. It's to not get onto HBO. It's not. They're they're looking for cheap fighters, and who do they work with now? Golden Boy, and K two and main events. That's it. This is a Golden Boy fighter. Campbell's got a little bit of a name. I I, I think ratings wise, this will not do well. But hey, you know they've had Cam, uh, Cam, uh, not Campbell Linares on the the channel before, and they gush over Have Campbell. They? I've or never Linares. seen Linares on Showtime a handful of times. Uh, they've yeah, had he, him on, he's been on HBO. Yeah, when he fought Demarco. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, he was on back when because he's been with Golden Boy for the entire entirety of most of his career, um, and when he fought on Showtime, it was back when uh, H or um, yeah HBO and Golden Boy had broken up for a while. So let's talk about Earl Spence versus Jeff Horn. Jeff Horn wants to fight Earl Spence. Can you? If I was Jeff Horn, what? And, and you were my friend, and you were going to sit me down. What would you tell me? All right. Here's what I would say to you. I would say, listen, I know that you could beat Spence, but now's not the time. Remember, I'm your friend. I'd say now's not the time. What you should do is maybe try to get some low-hanging fruit in there, make a little bit more money out of your career, then go on and take on Spence. <laughs> so that's what I would say if I was your friend. <laughs> See, th- this, this, this is why... Like, this is why we're friends, because you are a good friend. Like, that would have never crossed my mind. I'd have been like, no, no, Jeff, listen, listen. I'm your friend. I care for you, but I will never lie to you. You are not <laughs> going like, to beat Errol Spence. He is going to destroy you. Like, listen, I got you. I'm going to lie to you. You got this, but not right now. Manny Pacquiao almost stopped you, okay? Think about that. Manny Pacquiao is like 56 years old. He's already been Isn't knocked this- out like eight times. His last stoppage was like 12 years ago. So, you know, I, I think you should go the route of exactly the low-hanging fruit. But Errol Spence, come on now. They're I talking mean, about so Spence here, beating up middleweights. You're so Jeff Horn. Let's, let's be real. Uh, what do fighters do? This, it's the Mayweather effect. They, they fight? just call out the biggest, no, they oh. call out the biggest, baddest name mother in their division, right? That's all he's doing. He never expects to get this fight. He'll never get this fight. And if he did, he'd be sorry that he did because Dude, it, would be a, it would be a disaster. You don't like, think they're talking to Horn's people and say, oh, you would like to fight, wouldn't you? You know that Spence's people are like, oh, for sure, bring on Horn. He just beat Manny Pacquiao, did 4 million viewers. I've done 6 million viewers. Let's do this. I don't. 4 million viewers where? Uh, on ESPN. Wow. Oh, that's right. It wasn't a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Weren't you like off, I was on in, vacation? Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. never mind. Never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll save my, my opinion. Save your disdain for another time. <laughs> yeah. I'll berate you when we stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> for a half hour before and after every podcast, I just take like a verbal lashing. <laughs> uh, let's move on because I think we know how this is going. Um, this week, we have some fights. We oh, have, hold um, on. Just so, so everything is clear. Spend, like, I would fear for Horn's life. Did you fear for Kell Brook's life? No. Who do you think wins, Kell Brook or Manny Pacquiao? Like, against each other? No, in a tag team match against Spence and Horn. Uh, yes, against each other. <laughs> Damn, no, that tag team match sounds nice, though. 
<laughs> um, can you imagine if you could do a tag team boxing match oh my god they would tag out between rounds no 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 to- you could tag out between rounds and that would be part of the strategy is blocking your opponent from reaching their corner oh my god this is amazing like Why i think this, this 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 could work yes a tag team boxing match and and both guys like imagine you so your 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 opponent or no your partner gets knocked out so they just basically roll him out of the ring <laughs> and now you have two guys to beat and it's still 12 rounds no it's got to be 15 15 it's got to be 15 or 15? 24 because in theory each person is only going to fight 12 rounds imagine the greatest comeback ever we're like you know in the first round let's say somebody's knocked out yeah. yeah so let's say like horn gets knocked out and now spence has to come back for 12 <laughs> rounds and fight a fresh manny pacquiao and kel brook <laughs> that would be so amazing i i, I think i'm <sighs> gonna call my people at pbc i'm gonna call them the my people at golden boy we're gonna see if we can get this going yeah let's get the ball Tag rolling team boxing. On this. okay let's get this how thing about going. in a tournament right. of guys that are basically on the cusp of retirement we put them in the tag team tournament. Ooh, that's brutal. <laughs> so like Rio Alvarado versus uh, Herrera Pravada and Soto Cross. And Matisse. Pravada and Matisse. You can only be partners with somebody that you fought. That's, oh, this is brilliant. Oh, man. Guerrero and Kamigai. Oh, no. Guerrero's Oh, oh man. no! And we got to get Ortiz in there. Who would Ortiz? Berto. Who Ortiz? In Berto, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, but seriously, Berto look, look or not Berto? Um, or, Ortiz. That, that shot Ortiz landed on Sunday night to knock out Corral. That yeah. was sick. It was a good punch. Yeah, I saw that. I watched the highlight of it. Oh my god! I was because he was getting tagged. And I was like. Ortiz is now must like can't miss TV because you know that any regular old punch is gonna put him down. And if if this was if this is what boxing was like, where like everybody had like maybe Fatal like flaws, two pound <laughs> gloves, and and then it wasn't like filled with foam, like two pound gloves. Like boxing would be so intense because basically any one shot is the end of the fight. And that's Ortiz's career right now. That is it. And it's not like Khan where you know Khan's getting up. It's like if you know Ortiz gets hit, it's over. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, tag team tournament. Uh let us know any Dude, other tag teams that you guys have in mind uh to join. I think this we tournament. lined up we lined up some sick tag teams <laughs> right there. <laughs> uh who would be Pacquiao's partner? Oh, Marquez? Man. It would have to be, right? It would have to be. I mean, we, we have to go with guys that are still semi-active and Morales right, is right, closer, right. or if Marquez is closer Wait, to active than Morales. Yeah. Or maybe he's not. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Eric Morales. I know uh, Jose, um, Jose Luis Castillo is still fighting. So let's be real, though. If you went onto Eric Morales' box wreck and found out that he like fought five fights last year in Mexico, you wouldn't be surprised. Not at all. Exactly. Nah, his last fight was against Danny Garcia. Oh, okay. okay good that's good to know but uh jose Lu- luis castillo i swear is still fighting let me look this up just to be sure i'm pretty sure he's got like 80 80 fights at this point oh uh, no his last fight his last fight and, and naturally of course it was against um provodnikov in 2014 yeah all right 
so in, in case uh, Batiste has to bow out of the the tournament due to an injury, Castillo could yeah. fill in. Could fill in. Perfect. Oh man. Oh um, man. We get John Molina up in there. <laughs> he can be a substitute. <laughs> Oh man, they they could uh, <laughs> John Molina and Mickey Bay. You could form a stable out of uh, yeah. Matisse's opponents. Yeah, you have uh, Provodnikov, John Molina Jr. And uh, we should even do it. We should do one where it's like where it spans two weight classes. So you get one person from one weight class, then one person from a weight class above or below. But so, some guys haven't done that. So I mean, I just say like most of these guys wouldn't make weight anyway. They're, since they've most a lot of them been out of the ring for a while, so we just say Not, the the the, boy, the the weight class is the ballpark one forty seven to one sixty. <laughs> ballpark. <laughs> Anything's fine. And you can weigh in the day before or the day of, whichever. No, weigh in starts seven days out, so whenever you're close to the weight, you're good. <laughs> as long as you can hit it within seven days before the fight, you're good. <laughs> oh, I I I put my money on Angulo and Kirkland to win it. I might have to cut this whole part out. No, it was too amazing. It was too amazing. Jesus. Um, okay. All right, let's wrap this thing up, man. Okay. Um, um, oh, we're talking about the fights next week. Clarissa Shields yeah. versus uh, Nikki Adler. That's a title fight on Showbox. Mauricio Herrera fights Jesus Soto Cross that day. <laughs> if this is a tune-up for his participation <laughs> in the tournament. Uh, on the undercard is Vyslav Shabronsky versus Todd May, who is, uh, Shabronsky's trying to earn his way to the competition. <laughs> uh, uh, the next day, top rank, uh, who will be in full representation, uh, the headline is Vasily Lomachenko versus Miguel Mariaga. Uh, anything right. you want to say about Mariaga fighting Lomachenko? Tell me about something. Yeah, tell me about Mariaga. Wait, what do you what do you mean tell you about him? You don't you don't know that he just lost to Oscar Valdez at one twenty six? So why is he fighting Lomachenko? Are you setting me up or do you really not know? No, I'm asking. Go oh ahead. Jesus. I, I can't answer that question because he was the other guy that top rank has that is close to the weight class. Alright, so why so like I just, I, I just don't get it, man. Like, I just don't get it. I really don't. Like, I say, don't fight. Lomachenko. Like, don't even have the. Yeah, don't, don't. Just say no. <laughs> just say no. Well, like, one, Lomachenko wants to get paid. Uh, two, here, I, I have a problem with this. And now, naturally, I don't have a problem. Like, let's say that this is Luke Campbell, okay? And Luke Campbell's fighting Mariaga. I'm okay with that fight. You know why? Because I don't think Campbell's that good. Well, nobody's telling you Luke Campbell is number one pound for pound. Now, that's the thing. That's the problem I have is that if Lomachenko is number one pound for pound or even in the conversation, okay? Because number even one in the pound conversation for, pound, for top five. I, I would say top ten. If you're in the conversation yeah. for top ten, there is no way you should be fighting a guy that just lost in a division below you. In you cannot do below that. To a rising prospect. <laughs> like... He, he, he didn't even lose to, like, the number one guy in the division. He lost to, like, the number five guy in the division. 
so that's what I don't get. Like, so when I was trying, I was trying to like lead you in, like, and I didn't do it well, but it's just, I like, I just don't get it. Like, I, it is so difficult for me to get excited about these kind of fights. Yes, I like to watch Lomachenko fight. I'll tune in without a doubt. But to have any like thoughts about this fight or like real like interest or investment in it, I can't do it, man. It makes no sense. No, it doesn't. It makes no sense at all. Because you want to know why? If you want to sit around and pretend that Lomachenko is, you know, top pound for pound, put his ass in there with somebody who who's fought somebody and done something. Well, what what do you think about the conversation that there's really nobody else in the division for him to fight? That this is the because best of promotional issues and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, life happens. I, I I get that. Doesn't I mean I have to enjoy the fight. I don't or, necessarily you know I mean? believe that though. Because they were able to get PBC guys to fight Crawford. Right. They're able to get PBC guys to fight Golovkin. Like, these things can be worked out. Yeah, they, they certainly can be. And it seems like Bob's just taken an easy path. With I, that's what I think it is, is that, you yeah. know, he's very new in the H, or sorry the ESPN deal. And right. he wants to put on fights where he's in a, like, basically it's his guys. Fight. It's a showcase fight. It's a showcase. And his guys are the ones who are bringing in the ratings. Right, in proof that it's his guys bringing it, keeping like, nobody... all that money in house. Like, I think it's the right path. I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. agree with it. I don't like it, but I think no, it's... you're right. From being new on the network, I, I honestly, I didn't even think about it from that perspective. But being new on the network, he needs to prove that his fighters could pull ratings, and that, that that's exactly what it is. And so, but you know, that does not forgive the fact that he is pulling up a guy from a, a smaller weight class. That part is a little unacceptable. But, oh well. Yeah. Let's move on. It's boxing. Ray Beltron is on the undercard fighting Brian Vasquez, who has not really done anything of note at 135 um, since he fought, like, Jose Felix Jr. on the Pacquiao... Jeez, um, what undercard was that? It was, like, Pacquiao-Bradley 2? Bradley 2, yeah. It, it, was, um, it was one of the b- not-so-good undercards. Um, and... and Del- Beltran's been on a uh, on a tear of late. Oh yeah, <laughs> late he career has. resurgence. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> what that's all about. <laughs> so I got nothing to say about that, but um, yeah, moving on. So yeah, and then the, the the undercard is filled with a lot of top ranks prospects, but they're all in showcase fights, and that's the fights this week. Um, this podcast was a lot of fun to record. It will not be fun to edit because I think there's some things that we do need to take out. Why? Um, no. Dude. If you edit me, I will be pissed. I'm Dude. serious. Well, let's let's just um, let's just hope that nobody really listens to the fight or not the fight. This podcast, we'll find out. And it's 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 100 possible. I mean, I don't get <laughs> statistics for our listening. I have no he clue just, how many people listen to our podcast. He he checks the bandwidth for the amount of downloads, and it just says zero. So no, actually, I haven't done that in a long time. I could, I yeah, I have not done that in a long yeah, time. You, because you can pull the bandwidth stats. So if if you're if you know about this stuff, like <clears throat> I never kind of set this up. It's kind of like I don't know how to how to set it up really. It yeah, this is from someone who knows how to do lots of cool things with the computer. Don't know how to set that up. I never set it up anyway. So um, yeah, I don't. We I literally have no clue how many people listen to this. I think that's always a problem with podcasts, though. Like no podcasting. Even the biggest ones have a very hard time getting actual uh, numbers. 
because Apple doesn't release them and uh, you have to just kind of go by bandwidth. Yeah, and well, no, some people know how many listens they get, but well, I, I'm, I did a I don't set think it up probably. So. Not with any accuracy, I don't think. And, and just because you have a download doesn't mean you have a listen. That's true. That's absolutely true. And and I think actually I heard, which is this is like totally going off and stuff people don't want to talk about or don't want to hear about. Maybe they do. I don't know. But Apple is like retooling everything and they are going to start to um, give out that kind of information of how like they're going to be able to track that in iTunes or podcast or whatever the, right. the hell the app is called. Yeah. Apple doesn't release that kind of stuff right now. Yeah. So it's, so it's kind of it'll tough. be interesting. Um, I'm trying to look at the thing, but I don't really know. So... Uh, so check it out, guys. Um, I got a new Twitter account. I don't really go, you know, do that like kind of stuff on Twitter very much. But you could check it out. Uh, you follow me, tweet me, let me know that you listen to the podcast. It's at s i x f o e six fo. So hit me up, and uh, I look forward to to talking to you guys all on Twitter. Wait, wait, say that again. At s as in Sam i x F is in Frank, O, E, six fo, six F O E, yep, six F O E. Oh my God, you, you you didn't set this up properly. I think I'm the only one that got this joke. So <laughs> as the last thing, that's all gonna, I needed. Oh my that's God, that's all I needed. Wow. If anybody's still so, listening at this point. If you um, if you're still listening, throw that name into Google and you'll get it. Oh God, this is this this is maybe the worst joke on the podcast. <laughs> like you're 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 basically making people have to do work. But the payoff is so good. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe you've done this. Oh, wow. All right, well... Cruising down the street in my six foot. Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't even put that together either. Jesus. This one has layers to it. All right, thank you for listening. If you like and enjoy this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Or These, just hit me up on Twitter. Yeah, that, that'll, yeah that's one way to do it. Um, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. And uh, we will be, be-, be back next week. 